Frisco City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, you can head over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Miskal City of God in a Year podcast group, and you'll be able to discuss today's readings with others who are following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agreda. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Today is day number 115. We are reading from chapter 17 of volume 2. We are reading paragraphs number 215 to 222. Chapter 17, the salutation given to St. Elizabeth by the Queen of Heaven and the sanctification of John. 2.15 When the Most Holy Mother Mary arrived at the house of Zechariah, the precursor of Christ had completed the sixth month of his conception in the womb of St. Elizabeth. The body of the child, John, had already attained a state of great natural perfection, much greater than that of other children, on account of the miracle of his conception by a sterile mother an account of the intention of the Most High to make him the depository of great sanctity than other men. Matthew 11, 11. Yet at that time, his soul was yet filled with the darkness of sin, which he had contracted in the same way as the other children of Adam, the first and common father of the human race, and as according to the universal and general law, mortals cannot receive the light of grace, before they have issued forth to the light of the sun. Romans 5, 7. So after the first, the original sin contracted by our nature, the womb of the mother must serve as a dungeon or prison for all of us, who have laid it upon ourselves this guilt of our father and head Adam. Christ our Lord resolved to anticipate this great blessing in his prophet and precursor, by conferring the light of his grace and justification upon him six months after his conception by St. Elizabeth, in order that he might be distinguished, as well in holiness, as he was in the office of precursor and Baptist. 2.16 After the first salutation of Elizabeth by the Most Holy Mary, the two cousins retired, as I have said at the end of the preceding chapter. And immediately the Mother of Grace saluted anew her cousin, saying, May God save thee, my dearest cousin, and may his divine light communicate to thee grace and life. Luke 1.40 At the sound of Most Holy Mary's voice, St. Elizabeth was filled by the Holy Ghost, and so enlightened interiorly that in one instant she perceived the most exalted mysteries and sacraments. These emotions, and those that at the same time were felt by the child John in the womb of his mother, were caused by the presence of the Word made flesh in the bridal chamber of Mary's womb for making use of the voice of Mary as his instrument. He, as Redeemer, began from that place to use the power given to him by the Eternal Father for the salvation and justification of the souls. And since he now operated as man, 
Though as yet of the diminutive size of one conceived eight days before, he assumed in admirable humility the form and posture of one praying and beseeching the Father. He asked an earnest prayer for the justification of the future precursor and obtained it at the hands of the Blessed Trinity. 2.17 St. John was the third one for whom our Redeemer made special petition since his presence in the womb of his mother. His mother was the first, for whom he gave thanks and prayed to the Father. Next in order was her spouse, St. Joseph, for whom the Incarnate Word offered up his prayers, as we have said in the twelfth chapter. And the third one was the precursor, St. John, whom the Lord mentioned by name in his prayers to the Father. Such was the great good fortune and privilege of St. John, that Christ our Lord presented to the Eternal Father the merits of his passion and death to be endured for men. And in view thereof, he requested the sanctification of his soul. He appointed and set apart this child as one who is to be born holy as his precursor, and as a witness of his coming into the world. John 1, 7. As one who was to prepare the hearts of his people, in order that they might recognize and receive him as their Messiah. He ordained that for such an exalted ministry, the precursor should receive all the graces, gifts, and favors which are befitting and proportionate to his office. All this the Father granted, just as the only begotten had requested it of him. 2.18. This happened before the Most Holy Mary had put her salutation into words. At the pronunciation of the words mentioned above, God looked upon the child in the womb of St. Elizabeth and gave it perfect use of reason, enlightening it with his divine light in order that he might prepare himself for the foreknowledge for the blessings which he was to receive. Together with this preparation, he was sanctified from original sin and made an adopted son of God and filled with the most abundant graces of the Holy Ghost. And with the plenitude of all his gifts, his faculties were sanctified, subjected, and subordinated to reason. Thus, verifying in himself what the archangel Gabriel had said to Zechariah, that his son would be filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb of his mother, Luke 1.17. At the same time, the fortunate child, looking through the walls of the maternal womb, as through clear glass upon the incarnate word, and assuming a kneeling posture, adored his Redeemer and Creator, whom he beheld in most holy Mary, as if he enclosed in a chamber made of the purest crystal. This was the movement of jubilation, which was felt by his mother Elizabeth as coming from the infant in her womb, Luke 1.44. Many other acts of virtue the child John performed during these, this interview, exercising faith, hope, charity, worship, gratitude, humility, devotion, and all the other virtues possible to him there. From that moment, he began to merit and grow in sanctity, without ever losing it and without ever ceasing to exercise it with the vigor of grace. 2.19 St. Elizabeth was instructed at the same time in the mystery of the Incarnation, the sanctification of her own Son, and the sacramental purpose of this new wonder. She also became aware of the virginal purity and of the dignity of the Most Holy Mary. On this occasion, the Heavenly Queen, being absorbed in the vision of the divinity and of the mysteries operated by it through her Most Holy Son, became entirely godlike, filled with the clear light of the divine gifts, which she participated and thus filled with Majesty, St. Elizabeth saw her. She saw the Word made man as through a most pure and clear glass in the virginal chamber, lying as it were on a couch of burning 
an enlivened crystal, the efficacious instrument of all these wonderful effects, was the voice of Most Holy Mary, as powerful as it was sweet in the hearing of the Lord. All this force was, as it were, only an outflow of that, which was contained in those powerful words, Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, by which she had drawn the eternal word from the bosom of the Father down to her soul and into her womb. 2.20. Filled with admiration at what she saw and heard in regard to these divine mysteries, St. Elizabeth was wrapped in the joy of the Holy Ghost, and looking upon the Queen of the world and what was contained in her, she burst forth in a loud voice of praise, pronouncing the words reported to us by St. Luke, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed art thou that hast believed, because these things shall be accomplished that were spoken to thee by the Lord. In these prophetic words, St. Elizabeth rehearsed the noble privileges of Most Holy Mary, perceiving by the divine light what the power of the Lord had done in her, what he now performed and what he was to accomplish through her in time to come. All this also the child John perceived and understood while listening to the words of his mother, for she was enlightened for the purpose of his sanctification. And since he could not from his place in the womb bless and thank her by the word of mouth, she both for herself and for her son extolled the Most Holy Marys, being the instrument of their good fortune. 221. These words of praise pronounced by St. Elizabeth were referred by the mother of wisdom and humility to the Creator. In the sweetest and softest voice, she intoned the Magnificat, as recorded by St. Luke, chapter 1, 46 to 55. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, because he hath regarded the humility of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed." Because he that is mighty hath done great things to me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is from generation to generation to them that fear him. He hath showed might in his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the conceit of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath received Israel, his servant, being mindful of his mercy." as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. 2.22 Just as St. Elizabeth was the first one who heard this sweet canticle from the mouth of Most Holy Mary, so she was also the first one who understood it, and by means of her infused knowledge commented upon it. She penetrated some of the great mysteries which its authoress expressed therein, so few sentences, the soul of Most Holy Mary magnified the Lord for the excellence of his in infinite essence. To him she referred and yielded all glory and praise, 1 Timothy 1.17, both for the beginning and the accomplishment of her works. She knew and confessed that in God alone every creature should glory and rejoice, since he alone is their entire happiness and salvation, 2 Corinthians 10.17. She confessed also the equity and magnificence of the Most High, in attending to the humble, and in conferring upon them his abundant spirit of divine love. Psalm 137, 6. She saw how worthy of mortals it is to perceive, understand, and ponder the gifts that were conferred on the humility of her, whom all nations were to call blessed, and how all the humble ones, each one according to his degree, could share the same good fortune. 
By one word also, she expressed all the mercies, benefits, and blessings which the Almighty showered upon her in his holy and wonderful name. For she calls them together great things, since there was nothing small about anything that referred to this great queen and lady. This concludes our reading today for day number 115. We have been reading from volume 2, chapter 17, paragraphs 215 to 222. We often hear about John the Baptist leaping for joy in his mother's womb. There's this long-held belief, as we heard in our reading, that John was pre-sanctified in the womb, not an immaculate conception, but receives the grace of sanctification at this moment because of what God has done in the womb of Mary and in the womb of St. Elizabeth as these two infants in the womb encounter one another. And we heard that almost they could see one another, like they could peer through the skin as if it was glass and they were able to look upon each other. And John jumps for joy and Bishop Robert Barron always does a beautiful exposition on this, on the fact that this is really like David dancing before the Ark of the Covenant. And we hear from Maria today that this was John, the precursor, who was kneeling before the Redeemer, that in the womb he takes that posture of kneeling and reverence, and that Jesus in the womb of Mary is praying to the Trinity, asking for this pre-sanctification of St. John. Maria pointing out how Jesus has done this for his mother, for St. Joseph, and now for St. John. Maria of Agreda also said something very beautiful about the voice of Mary. The efficacious instrument of all these wonderful effects was the voice of Most Holy Mary, as powerful as it was sweet in hearing of the Lord. The voice of Mary speaking. What if you heard the voice of the mother of God? Father Donald Calloway, maybe some of you are familiar with his name because of the consecration of St. Joseph. He always says in his vocation and his conversion story that he heard the sweetest voice ever. And that voice said, Donnie, Donnie. And he said only one person ever called him Donnie, and it was his mother. And he believed that it was Mary, his heavenly mother, calling him Donnie. What if we heard the voice of Mary? We hear her words in sacred scripture. And these words that she spoke with her voice in the Magnificat, they are words that we continue to repeat to this very day. Every evening, the priest, the nun, the monk, the religious the lay faithful who pray the liturgy of the hours, pray this prayer of the Magnificat every day. And we see it, how it's been really prophesied. Every generation shall call me blessed, and we rise up and we call Mary blessed. Blessed are you among women. That happened at this very moment in the scripture, in the feast of the visitation that we are reading about. But what a beautiful Magnificat, Mary gives us. A paraphrase of Hannah's prayer, perhaps, yes. One scripture scholar I read many years ago said that Mary's Magnificat was an anticipation of the gospel that Jesus was going to proclaim. And isn't that the truth? 
maybe today, this night, this evening, pull up your Bible, open to Luke chapter 1, 46 to 55, and read those words of Mary again. Make them your own as you glorify God for what he's done for you today. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.